promise I haven't got COVID. Um, we have a virus going around the family, which seems apparently there are other viruses available. So uh, I've got one of those. <clears throat> so we're in a we're in a series uh, where we're looking at the values of the church. Uh, values are the things that we give priority and time and attention to. And there are four values, uh, spirit-filled, Bible-saturated, sharing Jesus, loving God, and others. These values um, we give priority and time and attention to. We want to see these values lived out in all of the activities and groups of the church. So in everything that we do, we want to be spirit-filled, Bible-saturated, sharing Jesus, loving God, and others. And we believe that if these values are lived out, then we will fulfill our vision as a church, which is we seek to be a Christ-centered, spirit-filled church family of all ages that reflects the age profile of our local community and that brings transformation to our community through what we say, what we do, and through signs and miracles. Um, so that's our, our vision. And we believe that these values are absolutely crucial to shaping um, that vision. It just so happens that I'm uh, my dissertation, I'm looking at uh, values and how they shape uh, church culture. So this is all uh, kind of exciting uh, for me. Um, so uh, hopefully the church will be something of a case study uh, for my dissertation in a good way. <laughs> um, so we're looking today at sharing Jesus. And by sharing Jesus, uh, we mean in every part of our lives, through our character, our attitudes, what we say, and what we do. So wherever you go as a Christian, you are the light of Christ. Did you know that? That's what Jesus says uh, in Matthew 5. Here it is, verse 14. This is what he says about you as a believer. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So that's your job as a Christian is to shine in your character, your uh, behavior, your words, to shine with the light of Christ. Light is attractive, isn't it? Um, if you've ever been somewhere, not so much around here, because there's too much light pollution. But if you've been anywhere recently where the sky is completely black and you look up and you can see the on a cloudless night the constellations of stars, your eye is naturally drawn to those lights in the sky, to the stars, isn't it? Because it's attractive. And in the same way, shining with the light of Christ is attractive. Um, people notice you when you shine with the light of Christ because you look different to other people, um, your character, your words, your attitudes, your behavior is different. And that is attractive to people who don't know Christ because they are drawn to, attracted to Christ shining through you. And Paul teaches a similar thing about sharing Jesus in his letter to the Colossians. It's not just about words, it's about actions as well. Look at verse 5. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. 
uh, Paul says that first before he gets to the words bit. Have you noticed? Verse 6. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Paul is assuming that people will ask you questions about your faith from time to time. Um, in, during this sermon, I'm going to bring up Katie Page, who's a recent, fairly recent Christian. She's only baptised a few weeks ago. And I'm going to ask her, rather than me banging on, I'm going to ask her, what are the things that Christians did or said that helped you in your journey to come into know Jesus? I think that's really helpful because it's, it's, it's a view from a Christian who's just joined the church. So it'd be interesting to hear from Katie as to what things helped her. Um, but before we get there, the passage before us divides into two parts. Number first part, two to four, is all about prayer. Prayer is essential to sharing Jesus in action and word. And then part two, verses five to six, sharing Jesus in action and word. So first of all, the urgency of prayer. Um, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So this is a passage that's all about sharing Jesus. But Paul starts by saying, devote yourselves to prayer. So if you want to see people in your family, your workplace, your community, your neighbours, beginning to ask you questions about your faith, Paul says you need to pray. First thing, pray. Pray that God would open doors for questions and conversations. It's a work of God. Um, the word devoted means to pray habitually and not give up. We give up so easily, don't we? There are people in your family, friends, in your workplace who you're praying for, that they would want to talk about Jesus. Don't give up praying for them. Keep praying. Be devoted. It can take decades before God opens the door and somebody finally opens the door to Jesus. Keep praying. Don't give up. Pray every day. Pray perseveringly. Pray without giving up would, would be what Paul would say to us today. Paul also instructs us to pray by being watchful and thankful. Now, the word watchful means to watch for the coming of Christ. Christ is coming again. That is the next event on God's timetable, the next big one. Christ is coming again. So there's an urgency to our praying for non-Christian family members, neighbours, work colleagues. There is only so much time that people have to turn to Jesus. When Christ comes again, it will be too late for people to turn to Jesus. So there is an urgency to this. We have lost that perspective in Christianity today. We're afraid to talk about the final judgment and the return of Christ. I don't know why, because it's in the Bible. Paul wasn't afraid to speak about it. There is only so much time that we have. So there's an urgency about this to pray for opportunities. 
And Paul asked the Colossian church to pray for him to proclaim the gospel to non-Christians. He says, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. Paul was under house arrest in Rome when he wrote this. He was chained 24-7 to a guard. And so Paul is saying, pray that I would have opportunities, chained to a guard, to share the gospel. Don't you think we've got more freedom than Paul had? Right? That guard that Paul was chained to must have got the gospel a lot, mustn't he? <laughs> Can you imagine being chained to the Apostle Paul? You know, the guard, he must have got the gospel so many times. And when you're under house arrest, you're allowed to move around outside. You're allowed to go into the marketplace, into the city. But Paul would have presumably had opportunities to share the gospel, chained to the Roman guard wherever he went. And he did. And he asked for opportunities. Now, what does Paul mean by um, pray for God to open a door for our message? Well, he means that only God, through his Holy Spirit, can go ahead of us and work in people's lives so that they ask us questions. Um, I really got this one, one year at um, Soul Survivor. This really came home to me. Um, we were, uh, the, in the session at Soul Survivor, they were praying for Christians in the workplace. And in particular, I don't know why, but teachers came up, and I was a teacher. And they asked teachers to stand. And they prayed for the Holy Spirit to come upon the teachers who were standing, that they would have opportunities to talk about Jesus. Now, this was in August. A few weeks later, in the September, I was, on a, I was head of Year 8, and I was leading a field trip with, with Year 8 um, to an activity center, one of these PGL uh, activity centers. And on the first night of this activity center, in the staff room area, a member of staff turned to me and she said, I remember it still to this day, you're a Christian, aren't you? And I said, yes. She said, well, what's that all about then? And in front of the four or five other staff in the staff room, I was able to talk about my faith, how I came to know Jesus, what it meant to me as a teacher. God loves it when we're willing to say, open a door. God loves it when we ask the Holy Spirit to come upon us and to give us boldness to share, but he also will open a door for the message if we ask him. God doesn't want us forcing the door open. God, by his Spirit, will open doors if we ask him to. He will prompt people in your family, workplace, community, friends, neighbours. He will prompt them to ask you questions about your faith. Do you believe that? Start praying it, and God will do it. It's the most exciting adventure that you will go on in your Christian journey is when you start asking God, open a door for me to talk about Jesus. Right? Some of you, I'm not sure you believe me. They're nodding. They are nodding. Honestly, it's the best thing ever. Now, sometimes people are hostile and angry. Have you come across them? They've been hurt and wounded by the church. That's okay. Listen. Um, we had a really good session last, uh, last Saturday morning. Uh, strange name, but it's his name. Dub Everett, who's the uh, outreach pastor at Welcome Church, did a, a seminar called Loving 
people towards Jesus. I recommend this book, Loving People Towards Jesus. If you want to, I've, I've got it here. So if you want to take the note of the name that, that uh, afterwards do, R- great book. And what he says is you need to care before you share. People need to see that we care before we share in word, right? Very simple. And if someone's angry because they've been hurt by the church or by Christian faith in the past, just listen. Don't get into an argument. Don't try and defend the faith. Just listen and love them. Just love them. Just listen. And they will see that through our kindness and gentleness, that we're nice people, that we're loving people. Don't try and argue them into the kingdom because you'll just send them miles away. Love them. Love is the way that we draw people to Christ. Um, God loves people. Did you know that? God loves you. God loves everyone. Um, We don't love people just because it's the means to an end of getting a conversation for the gospel. We love them because God loves them, right? We love them because God has first loved us and we want to love them, right? Good. So here we go. Number two, be wise in the way we act and speak. Uh, Be wise in the way you act. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. I'm going to quote again from the book uh, because it's good. But he uses um, a quote from Teddy Roosevelt, former president of the United States. He says this, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So true, isn't it? They're not interested in what you know about the faith. They just want to know how much you care, whether you're a good listener, right? Whether you love them. Just want to see if you're interested in what they've got to say. Did you know that people know whether you're interested in them and really care about them way before you open your mouth? You ever had those conversations where somebody's looking over your shoulder for somebody else when you're talking to them because they're not really interested in you? They've moved on and they kind of look straight past you. That's not love. That's not care. Care before you share. Um, Be wise in the way you act. A more literal translation of this is walk wisely towards outsiders. Walking is a metaphor in scripture for uh, obeying Christ in every aspect of our life. Walking through life, obeying Jesus. Paul, earlier in the letter in Colossians 3, tells us how not to walk wisely. Here it is. He says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, before you were Christians. But now you must get rid, you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. So that's how not to walk wisely. If you want to put somebody off Jesus, walk like that. But if you want to love someone and shine as a light, here's what Paul says is wise walking uh, in the next uh, set of verses. 
Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So in other words, if you want your words about Jesus to have any integrity and credibility, you've got to live a life of integrity, a life like this, right? It's no good saying God loves you and then sort of looking, not making eye contact with someone when, when you're supposed to be listening to them, right? Because what message are you sending to them? I don't really care. Or getting defensive and angry when someone has uh, a hang-up about the church and argue, trying to argue with them. Well, saying God loves you, it's not really going to wash, is it? <laughs> if that person feels you're just arguing with them and don't love them and enough to listen. Notice the order in Colossians 4. Paul says, be wise in the way you act first and then speak. Our actions give integrity and credibility to our words, right? Most communication, you'll know, is nonverbal, isn't it? Body language, attitude, outlook, posture, whether we listen, whether we're genuinely interested in someone. People know how much we care before we open our mouth. <laughs> so the way we act gives opportunity for our words. If we shine out with the light of Christ, we will be different and people will ask us questions. Um, I remember uh, I used to go down to the PE department when I was a teacher a lot and uh, the language down there was pretty blue. It was pretty bad. I remember we used to play football on a Friday afternoon and one of the staff said to me, you don't, you're, you're not bad at football. You know, you're a you know, normal bloke, which I took as a compliment, but you don't swear. Why? I said, because I'm a Christian. And I believe that my words are important. People notice whether we are people of integrity, don't they? They're interested. Are we going to shine as lights in the dark world? Or are we going to just blend into the darkness? You know, would people... Do people notice that we're different? Or are we just kind of blending in comedian-like to the culture? Do we not stand out? In uh, generations past, um, uh, people could stand on a soapbox in a town center and a crowd might gather to listen to somebody proclaiming Christ. These days, people walk faster to get past them as quickly as possible, don't they? You know, you just kind of keep your head down even I find it awkward when I'm someone shouting at passers-by in a shopping centre, telling them that they need to be washed in the blood of the lamb and all the rest of it, and people's heads are down, they're, they're running past to get away. Do you, do you know this scenario? It doesn't work. It doesn't preach these days, does it? What preaches, forgive the language, is a life of integrity. What preaches is when our actions, our behavior, our attitudes line up with what we say about Jesus, that God loves you. And then people will ask us questions. Gone are the days of shouting at people 
telling them to repent. All right? They just won't listen in a postmodern world, in a world where people are suspicious of truth claims, in a world when, you know, Christianity is seen as, as irrelevant, marginalized, uh, bigoted, narrow-minded. People are not going to listen to that kind of shouting at, at them. They will listen and be interested when our conversation is seasoned with salt and that the way we act towards them is loving, gracious, gentle, and kind. Um, Paul says this is the kind of way we need to speak to non-Christians. I'm going to call you up in a minute, Katie. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. What Paul means is your words should be warm, gracious, and winsome. Whether you're talking about the football, the weather, or Jesus, you should be warm, winsome, and gracious. That's who we should be known as, those kind of people. The nicest, kindest, most generous, gentlest people on the planet is who we should be. Um, so often we're not, are we? So often we can be self-righteous, argumentative, judgmental, critical, Pharisees, can't we? That's not what Paul is on about here. He wants us to be people who win people over to Jesus. Katie, can I ask you to come up because you've all heard enough from me. You want to hear from Frontline? Katie, here's your mic. Great. Thank you for doing this, by the way. I really appreciate it. So, Katie, you're a, how long have you been a Christian? Three weeks from my baptism. But before that? Two years. Two years. I, I started coming to, Brilliant. I started on Zoom. Wow. Because we were in lockdown. Wow. Um, and Janine's a dear friend of mine, and she knew I needed something, and she gave me a lot to think about. Yeah. A lot of words of encouragement of what so may help me. Just to take a step back, you work with Janine, is that yes. right, in a school? Yes, yes. And what do you both do in that school? We're LSAs. For You're special LSA. Needs so that means what LSA? What Learning support. Learning support assistant? Yes. Okay. So what got you interested, Katie, in Christianity? What, in terms of the sort of things that people were saying and doing? I was having a really hard time with one of my grandchildren mm. and Janine offered to pray with me. And right. at first I was a bit like, oh, no, it's okay. It scared me. Um, and it was just a very gradual drip, drip to go on to Zoom, to hear people's experiences, to hear their journeys, to then go to home group. I think because of lockdown, it was mm. different. Right. To then do home group on Zoom and to, and to hear people say, it's okay. Mm. It's okay not to know everything. It's okay to be scared. You know, mm. you're still loved. Yeah, wow. So did, did someone invite you to church, albeit on Zoom? Yes, Janine invited me to Zoom, okay. and then Mark, I did Alpha, yeah. and Mark invited me to the home group, and from then on, they invited me to church. Wow. And just the love and support I was given from walking in here was amazing. Just, oh, how are you? Who are you? What brings you here? Great. You know, just if you need anything, and then being invited to do the be involved in let's do lunch um, and the halloween barbecue and just that whole community of 
to be part of everybody. Wow. And if you had, before you came here, if you had much contact with churches no, before? No. So was it sort of you going to a few funerals, funerals weddings, weddings? And that was it? Yeah, so that was you, it. What did you... As a child, I went to Sunday school. Wow. So that was it. Okay. Yeah. So not a lot of church background then? No. And none of my family are religious. So were you a bit nervous when you kind of first yes. came? Yeah. Yes. So what did you think Christians were going to be like? Stiff. Stiff. Yeah. 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 And what did you actually find? That openness and lovingness and warmth and caring. Wow. Yeah. That's you guys. Yeah. Are you encouraged? That's really great, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you so much. You're that welcome. is that's great. Do you want to say anything else? Not really. <laughs> that's fabulous. Thank you so much. You're Bless welcome. you. So just just in case you didn't think this stuff works and I'm making it up, isn't that a living testimony of how this stuff works? Love. I think um, the reason that we resonated with Dub's book, Loving People Towards Jesus, this stuff works. You do, people do journey towards Jesus when we love them, when we allow them to ask questions to express their doubts, to just listening to people. Um, it can take a long time uh, for people to come to that place where they nail their colors to the mast. Do you know, Vicky, Vicky who was baptized here a few weeks ago, it was 11 years uh, of contact with the church before she finally got baptized. 11 years of just being loved. Uh, thankfully, Katie was a bit sooner. <laughs> but it can take a while, can't it, to break down the barriers? Because people have all sorts of strange ideas of what it's going to be like in church, don't they? They think we might bash them over the head with a large Bible. They think we're going to be really weird, that Steve's going to have a rainbow strap on his guitar and, uh, you know, all those kind of strange things. But actually, you're a lovely bunch. Right? God is smiling over this church because he's saying, you've shown love. Go on loving people into my kingdom. Go on loving people. Because it works. Let your light shine through the way that you act and through the words that you use. But all of this needs to be underpinned by prayer, doesn't it? Katie would not have become a Christian unless people were praying for those opportunities to invite and to have conversations and all the rest of it. Katie, I don't mind saying this, but you don't know how much prayer went on for you. There's a lot. I know, you know. Janine started it and we've all carried it on, but so much prayer and prayer opens doors. God goes before us when we pray and he softens hearts. He raises interesting questions in people and he loves to bring people to know him. I'm going to do uh, what I was asked to do at Soul Survivor. I'm going to ask everyone to stand, if you're willing. If you can't stand, just you're, I know you're standing on the inside, even if you're sitting. Some of you can't stand because you've got pain and immobility. But if you're able to stand, please do. If you're... Uh, I don't know, this, this journey of faith is an adventure and it's exciting. And if, if you're like me, you want opportunities 
to share Jesus, would you, would you just maybe just put your hands out as a sign of being open to receive? The Holy Spirit wants to give us boldness. He wants hearts that are saying, Lord, I want to be used by you. I want to have conversations with people about Jesus. I want to listen to people. I want to love them towards Jesus. If that's you, maybe, maybe just hold your hands out or pray that, you know, just seek Christ in your own heart. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would come upon us and give us boldness to talk about Jesus and to act wisely and lovingly towards people who do not know Christ. Holy Spirit, you love it when we pray these kind of prayers because you want us to shine for Jesus. You want us to shine with the light of Jesus. So, Holy Spirit, would you come upon us? Would you fill us afresh with boldness? And would you make us more like Jesus? Would you so shine your light into our hearts that our character, our attitudes, our words, our behavior would reflect the light of Christ and that people would ask us, why are you different? What is it that you've got that I haven't got? Holy Spirit, we're calling out to you now. Come and fill us afresh with power. Lord, take us on adventures, even, next, even this week. Give us conversations with people, Lord, in our workplaces, our families, our neighborhood, our community, our friends. Lord, give us conversations about Jesus. Prompt them to ask us questions. and Give us wisdom to answer them, Lord, and ears to listen. Come, Holy Spirit, set our hearts on fire again for those who do not know you. Give us love for the lost, a love that Jesus had when he looked out on the people and he said they're like sheep without a shepherd, lost. Give us a, an urgency, a heart, a compassion for those who don't know you, Jesus. Place that in us, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.